1: Welcome back to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is Comic Book Pit Episode 359. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean. Hello. And Link. Hey. And on the Comic Book Pit, we read comics and watch stuff, uh, usually but not always comic related, and we talk about it and discuss it. There's a spoiler warning, uh, this is a review show. So, uh, when we talk about newer books, we try not to give too much away about the books we're talking, you know, we're reviewing, but sometimes it happens. So that's your warning, but we had some, uh, I think some, some TV stuff to talk about first.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, well, usually this is, this is the time of year for all kinds of news and announcements. In fact, this, I think this week is the, isn't it the, uh, Comic-Con the at home? Con? Yeah. Yeah, the virtual Comic-Con, Comic-Con at home, uh, which I think starts tonight, right? It's usually Thursdays, usually like for San Diego Comic-Con, Thursday night's usually the first.
2: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Official day. It's usually a 4-day show, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Obviously, the the actual show is not happening because of uh, COVID-19, which I think this is the first the first time in I want to say like 50 years at the show. No, that can't be right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The show's not been, the show's only been going since the seventies, I think. So
0: no, I think you're right. I think it is 50 years.
1: Is it? Oh yeah. I guess it, it started in 1970. I think so. Let's see. I have internet. Okay. You, you, you check that. And anyways, San Diego comic-con has been going on for a long time. That much we can agree on, <laughs> but this is the first year in a long, long time that it is, not taking place uh, in person. So yep. they're, they're doing the virtual, the, I guess they're having like virtual panels and virtual announcements. And I I don't know, I, I have not looked too deeply into it because I, I generally, well, just in well, in general, when it comes to San Diego comic con, it's hard to keep up with yes. all, all the announcements. I usually am kind of a, I find out things as they are, You know, as they're announced, I'm not usually right there on the front lines like getting breaking news. So there's definitely probably gonna be a lot of stuff coming out this week and weekend about shows, movies.
0: Yeah. It actually this year would have been their fiftieth anniversary. Wow. Founded founded March twenty first, nineteen seventy.
1: That that really sucks that their their fiftieth anniversary mm-hmm. happened like this. So, well, anyways, sorry San Diego Comic Con. Uh, <laughs> that really sucks for everybody. Um, but anyways, so so link. So there were some some uh, TV topics we wanted to talk about.
2: Yeah. Um. So the one thing that got announced that was. I was totally not expecting to hear about this at all was uh, I guess Gotham Central or I, I don't know if, are they calling it Gotham Central or the, is it just a Gotham police procedural show?
1: Yeah. I don't it's think it's, HBO. I don't think it's been officially titled.
2: But as that's what we're all calling it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah. Anyone who's in the know knows that it's probably going to be based on uh, Gotham Central, which was written by uh, I think Ed Brubaker and and Greg Rucca. Greg Rucca And uh, God, that was such a good book. And there was such a the, the 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 artists that were on that book were just amazing as well. Yes. But, but I mean, that, that that book was like a, a master class in comic book storytelling.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I guess we all kind of went through the, this this emotional roller coaster when Gotham was announced and we thought it was going to be Gotham Central. <laughs> Yes, but I, I, I have bigger hopes for the HBO version. I, I, I don't think they're going to give us Gotham on HBO.
1: I hope not. Yeah, we we, we had this discussion a week or, a week or so ago, on our comic book, uh, like our, our messaging just yeah. between us and, yeah, because I and I think Sean brought that up. He he asked, you know, well, isn't that what Gotham was? And I think that's what Gotham was supposed to be. And then it just turned into this like crazy ass. (laughs) Just, I I don't even know, like a fever dream of, of what they thought it was going to be.
2: It was, yeah. Gotham always felt like it was like Tim Burton meets Adam West meets a low budget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, wow. Which is fine. Like Gotham filled its role. um, But it wasn't what anybody wanted. Um, It was sort of like this weird, side experiment um but yeah
1: it was basically jim gordon year one yeah but not good
2: yeah exactly yeah it was uh, yeah And, and totally off book. like gotham always felt like it had a love for the source material but did not want to adhere to it whatsoever
1: well yeah well yeah they they had this this wealth of material but it's like they didn't know what to do with it
2: Yeah, like they were like we could do things the way you expect us to, or we could, you know, make um, Jim's wife become a, you know, serial killer, (laughs) and that's why he divorces her, and you know this and that, and all, you know, Riddler worked for the GCPD, and like you know, it kind of went all over the place.
1: I think I think the biggest disappointment of that show was we never saw him grow a mustache.
2: Yeah, what? that never happened. Yeah, you never had a mustache. Oh, what
1: the hell? Because when he, because when, when when the show opens, he, what he he just joins, the the guy like right, doesn't he just transfer into Gotham, the Gotham PD? Yeah,
2: he's like from New York or something. Like it's, yeah, it's very like I'm just so, from some regular city.
1: Yeah, so he's he's young. He's like a lieutenant. He and he's fresh faced. He doesn't smoke. No glasses. No mustache, and he's like an you know, he he's the good cop in a dirty town type yeah. of thing.
0: Yep. Oh man. Well, I know I checked out the first episode and I was not like amazed. Like it didn't catch me like at all. Sure. Yeah. It just felt like Law and Order, and I'm like, eh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Go watch Law and Order. Also, the mustache was a bit of put off, but I. I guess in hindsight, I'd have been like, "All right, I guess he's young, so I guess he doesn't grow the stash." But now the fact that you told me that he didn't have it any at any time in the series, kind of like, yeah, you know. yeah,
1: I thought at some point they would maybe do a time jump, or maybe it would be like, "Oh, season," you know, like it would be like, "Oh, we're coming back from season two, season three starts, and he has a mustache or something like."
2: Yeah, no, it, yeah, it was always um. But kind of a regular narrative, I guess, in that sense. Although I think near the end, I I never did finish it. Um, I think they did do a brief time jump probably during the last couple episodes. But even then, I kind of doubt anything
1: worthwhile ever came of it. Well, in in the very last episode, like the last scene of the last episode, you see Batman,
2: sort of. Yeah, so it's very like Smallville, where it's like he's Superman, I guess. Sure.
1: And it, yeah, because he's you, you see you see the character from like a hundred yards away.
2: Yeah, like on a rooftop or something. Uh, yeah.
1: And and if you Google it, if you do like a Google image search for it, there there is like a close up of him, and it looks. I mean, it's just the the worst the worst Bat suit ever. Sure. But what do you you know what are you going to do i guess you know for the 10 seconds he's on screen you're not going to get a great
2: mhm you know yeah
1: but anyway so so yeah so they announced this um this Gotham PD procedural procedural drama to air on on HBO which is pretty exciting considering what a great job they did with Watchmen
2: Yes. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel as if, like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm assuming here, but I feel as if this might have been something that they were planning to do for DC Universe at some point in time, and then that, you know, the nails went into that coffin, and they're like, all right, well, we still have this cool idea. <laughs> Wh- where can we put it where it makes sense? And HBO was a good fit for, like, a gritty police procedural crime drama. Mm-hmm.
1: This sh- you know if if you're a Batman fan, I would say don't get too excited because yeah because Batman probably will not appear. Um, because in Gotham Central, he was not he, he, he was a, he was around he was around, but you would just see glimpses of him. Yeah. Um, he was never he would never show up in, at you know on the on the roof with the bat signal. Be like, okay, guys, what can I help you with? I mean in fact if anything the cops almost resented Batman. Yeah. Because they felt like they that he made their job harder and that his very presence invited all the 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 freak villains. Mhm. You know. So it's like it, things were just made harder by his presence. Um but the but the story itself or the, the 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 comics themselves were definitely more they were mystery based i mean you you had two great um mystery writers at the yeah. helm of this book and they that's what they did they wrote mysteries not like comic book action stories i mean these were real mysteries with real human characters and real human moments and just the uh the, the thought of this being brought to life is is very exciting to me
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and I'm, and it was yeah them having to deal with the the super villains to like you know to be like oh well uh what are these two regular cops gonna do about mr freeze and that's you know that would be like an issue mm-hmm. and you'd be like oh shit there's you know there's a lot of creative thinking going on when they were writing those kind of scenes because they weren't they weren't Batman. They had mm. to, you know, use whatever whatever they could as a regular, you know, police officer.
1: Yeah. When I think in in the in the first story arc, one of the um, one of the investigating detectives actually does get injured by like Mister Freeze's freeze ray, and he's like his hand is all bandaged. Mm-hmm. You know, just stuff like that. It's it's it was really really neat to watch, just regular cops and you know going after these
2: you know like super co- villains
0: yeah oh wow i have to admit i i always knew of it i just never got around to read it or maybe it just didn't catch my fancy
2: yeah i mean i i found out it you know obviously after the fact but i i always heard that you know that was one of those big deal comics i was like all right well here we go
1: mm-hmm. it's um like i said if it, if you're at all interested in, in the, like a, like a police procedural comic, um, it's the, 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 the writing is top notch and the, the art that they, like the, the artists that they had on this book were phenomenal. Um, I want to say they had, uh, Michael Lark was the main artist. That sounds right. But they, they rotated in a couple of other mm-hmm. ar- artists that, that were had like similar styles, like kind of a, like a, again, like that kind of dark, uh, like a lo- lot, of, a lot of heavy, heavy inks, you know, it really had like a, like a film noir.
2: Yeah. And they rotated look. the writers. Of, I mean, it was, it was always Ruck, Brubaker and Rucka, but it wasn't always like a collaborative effort to be like, all right, well, here's Rucka's yeah. Renee Montoya arc. And then Brubaker would do his arc. And then mm. sometimes they do an arc together, but yeah, it was, it's a little bit of everything, I think, which was kind of cool too. Cool. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll have to try to uh, get that or something and maybe read it.
2: Yeah, they're definitely worth a read.
1: Yeah. So, um, if you use the uh the the hoopla app, I I found them on there. There's only there's only four trades worth of Gotham Central stories. Um it didn't go terribly long i think the 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 books only like the issues only ran into like maybe the late 20s early 30s yeah,
2: yeah i think it's up to like 24 to 30
1: yeah it only ran like two years maybe two and a half years so um it's sh- like the, they should be easy to find you know either the issues or the trades but um yeah if if you're a hoopla app user uh, i know for a fact that they are there because I've already I've I've already <laughs> added them to my favorites. So
0: Alright. Heck yeah, I'll look it up.
1: Well keeping uh keeping things in Gotham, there's, there's, there was also some other uh news about uh Batwoman.
2: Yes. Um let me so they did they cast an, an actress to play Batwoman with the, to replace Ruby Rose, well, not even to replace Ruby Rose to replace the whole character. Mm-hmm. Um, t- to my knowledge, that is, that's all done with, um, the, at least the way I'm reading this, there it's is, I'm going to mess up her first name. J- Javisha Leslie, J A V I C I A. But yeah, she's going to be the next Batwoman. Um, she's a person of color. She, Her character origin... What, what's her character's name? She's not Kate Kane. She's Ryan Wilder. Um, so it's a totally new character. Yeah, this is someone who's not even in the comics. Yeah, she's not in the comics. She's She hasn't been in the show at all. According to this, she spent her life doing what it took to survive in Gotham. Like... Uh, pushing drugs and clashing with the city's police officers but she has her own code of ethics and blah 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 it sounds like she's kind of like a criminal with a heart of gold kind of thing going on who I guess for some reason decides to be Batwoman and she's also conveniently a lesbian so (laughs) they still have that going yeah
1: I I have no problem with her with the character being a lesbian but at the same time it's like it's a little on the nose. <laughs> yes. Like, does she is that a prerequisite for anyone that wants to be Batwoman? Like, yes. oh. Nope. Are you gay? Sorry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um So yeah, I felt like that was a little I'm like, okay, that's a little disingenuous.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing I was like, okay, well what a quinky dink. Um but it is interesting and I it makes me wonder um with her background and if they're if they're trying to uh, capitalize on, you know, current world events, making a, 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 like a like a black bat woman who's has like a former past is maybe like clashing with police and stuff like that to be like, oh yeah, this is mm-hmm. like a, you know, like she she won't be working with the police and she won't be trusting the police and bringing that kind of an angle into it, which would be interesting.
1: Yeah. Like, or, or, or Or maybe something like the, the, the trust will have to be earned on both sides. Yeah. You know, maybe cause maybe cause I, I can't believe that she won't need the police's help at some point, but yeah, like, but the character at her core, it sounds like she's always been like anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take some time for her to warm up to the idea of like, Oh shit, I kind of need the cops here.
2: Yeah. And then, and then obviously that also depends on, what this setting even is, is if the cops even exist or if it's still the crows or Mm -hmm. if we're 20 years in the future, or you know, they didn't really Uh, say what they're doing.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. We, we really know very little about how this transition is going to take place. Um, I didn't finish watching the first season, so I don't know how they left
2: it. I mean, they, yeah, they leave it wide open to be like, uh, you you know, there's, there's unresolved everything.
1: I mean, but like with the character, like, like what happens to like, it's at the end is Kate Kane, like, like Uh, something happen or if
2: if I remember right, she's, she had a confrontation with her, her father. Um, not, not as, you know, Kate Kane, but as Batwoman where she realized that like she'd never be Able to trust her father as Batwoman, like he just viscerally hates Batwoman, mm-hmm. and so that she could never come out to him as Batwoman. Um, and so she's kind of like hunted more so than before by the crows now, like they they want her dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe it could end with like oh, she's just she just left, <laughs> like,
1: like she 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 hung it up already because she couldn't handle, yeah, yeah.
2: Which would be an unfortunate way for them to write that out. But, you know,
0: it's that's certainly the easiest solution, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll uh, see if, if uh, what was her name? Ruby Rose. Yeah, if she wants well, to like. Yeah. yeah, like do like a like a Doctor Who type of thing. Like do the episode to introduce the new Yeah,
1: they, they could bring her back. Just, you know, they could say, hey, look, we'll pay you this if you give us. Fifteen or twenty minutes of screen time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that really—it all depends on whatever the heck happened. Because that's that's still shrouded in mystery.
0: Oh, I was gonna say. I thought it—it's been reported like they—they left on mutual terms. Like she didn't have any animosity towards them. She just was done. She's like, I'm out. Ah.
1: Well, she yeah. had – <laughs> didn't she have a – didn't this all start with, like, she had a, an injury? There was,
2: there was an injury that happened. Like that's, from a stunt? Like that she was had the a back original, injury? Yeah, that was the original assumption that this had something to do with her getting injured on set. And it still might. And maybe there's some kind of grudge there. But one of the – I forget what it was, but there, somebody asked her about um, – you know, why, why she was leaving or or, or or maybe it just came up naturally. And she said like some cryptic thing of like the people who need to know, know, which leads me to believe it's not just uh, an amicable thing. I mean, maybe, maybe it's that way overall that she's just like, well, yeah, if we're, we're just done, it's fine. But, but I have a feeling like something happened mm-hmm. and there's, you know, maybe not the best, relationship between her and maybe somebody else on the set or somebody, maybe the stunt crew or, or who knows something like that. But who, who knows? It it would be nice if she did come back and they, they didn't, you know, just abruptly do this.
1: Yeah. Like I said, if there was some, some passing of the torch
2: or, or even an opportunity for Ruby Rose to return, Like, you know, two seasons into the show, like down the road, like
1: Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and and who knows, maybe we'll find out something this weekend with, uh, you know, with the whole virtual comic con. Maybe they'll have some sort of Batwoman news.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll have some. I'm sure the CW will have a lot to to talk about, honestly, because they left a lot. The COVID feels like it's one of the few shows that covid really impacted were all the cw shows because of the way that they record them Mm -hmm. um at least anything else i was watching seemed to have already been in the can well before it started airing but i know cw always like recorded them like maybe like three weeks in advance or something right again uh i forget where this came up um and this might this is just you know maybe this is just the rumor mill or something but it it sounded like um, I assumed when when Brandon Ruth left Legends of Tomorrow that was his choice, but I uh, guess they just wrote him out of the show.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh wow. I just I assumed that he just got you know he was I mean, he had he had been on you know all the show like he started on Arrow and he was a supporting yeah. character on Arrow and yeah then I he figured
2: was, he was done and then I
1: figured he, he was like, just tired of it
2: or just yeah, he, he ma- wanted to take Arrow. a break. Yeah, he made like a farewell post on his Instagram or something, and somebody commented on it. I was like, "Oh, I wish you wouldn't have left" or something. He was like, "Well, the decision was out of my hands." Or he made it sound like he didn't have a choice or he didn't expect it. And I was like, "Hmm, oh, weird." Uh-oh. So who knows what CW's up to with all their superhero shows? That that is weird because I, I I I started um trying to
1: catch up a little bit on, um, legends of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I kind of came to the realization that I'm like, wow, there's like virtually none of the original cast nope. left. It's just, there's, uh, there's Heatwave, Yeah. And, uh, white canary or yep. whatever. Lance, uh, yeah, Sarah, 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 Lance and Mick Rory. And there was, um, Ray Palmer, mm-hmm. who is no longer on the show, and that is it, right? Because everyone else yeah. on everyone else is on the show is a newer character. Yep. I mean they they brought Constantine on the show, mm-hmm. and well, and and did did they? It seemed like well, at least the episodes I was watching, it seemed like they were trying to write uh, Steele off the show, or at least like, like they they made him like a, a an an office support in, in the in the
2: yeah. I feel uh, during that season he was like definitely off to the side, and but then he 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 does return in the next season as like a regular. You know, he's on oh, okay. ship all the time. So I I also got that vibe that they were just writing him out. Um, and then they didn't. <laughs> okay.
1: And then, um, who else? The um, who's the? It, she's not Vixen, but she has some sort of.
2: Oh, the changeling person, Charlie.
1: Yeah. She has like a totem or something. Is that? Or or, I oh, someone Vixen. else. Oh,
2: sorry. No. Um. She doesn't really have yeah. a name. Sorry. No. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Uh, is she, yeah. 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 She's Isis. Oh, okay. Which, that's why she doesn't have a name, because. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she—that's her DC counterpart, I guess. Character, superhero name.
0: And but then, yeah, she's got like a wind totem. Yeah. Gosh, I guess I need to catch up on that. I then is anyone? Am I missing anybody? Um, well, like I said, there's there's Charlie who's who
2: might be in the season that you're watching. That's a shapeshifter that takes the form of Vixen. No, okay, then I didn't get that far yet okay she she was also a series regular for once they get her. she kind of sticks around uh, I just feel like they got they kind of got rid of all the interesting characters, yeah, I mean uh zari zari is a super interesting character. They do some cool stuff with her, but yeah, um, at least all the maybe like more traditional
1: yeah superhero characters they got yeah, all the,
2: of, oh yeah they got rid of almost all the super they superhero
1: got rid of right firestorm there. they got rid of captain cold uh the the hawkman and hawk girl got i mean yeah they they, they didn't even last the first season nope. yeah uh, and, and and uh rip they uh rip yeah. only lasted a couple of seasons
2: and then, yeah and then they they bring in um uh what oh man but sarah's um the the head of the uh time bureau oh, girl her,
1: his her, her girlfriend
2: yeah her girlfriend's a series regular and gary is a series regular oh the he's he likes he's some like of the other time yeah there's like a lot of the time bureau executive people get you know in a series regulars not on the ship for like missions too often but mm-hmm. they're, they're there um but yeah no constantine kind of became the driving force of this latest season um, and I guess even the season before that, but this one more so, where he it was like all center stage with him. Yeah. Um, I want to say he's like the biggest superhero name that's on that ship. Yeah, I,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really glad that that actor decided to basically just go all in and embrace that character because, yes. A, he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. B, they, I feel like that show would desperately needs like, like just. A character i mean they, they they need someone to like shore up the, the 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 table a little bit like they had so many legs kicked out from under them like there's mm-hmm. like i said there's no one really interesting on the show anymore
2: yeah i mean i wouldn't say ray palmer was ever interesting but he was definitely the heart of that show so it, it was surprising for him to well have been removed from it
1: yeah and i i feel like i mean I get that the show now is, is not the show that it was when it first started. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But I still feel like, you know, if if you want to, like, keep the, the viewers or reel in the viewers, like, you got to give them some, some names. Yeah. You know, you got to give them some some characters that they're going to
2: recognize. Yeah. A lot of it does feel like just the original characters for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure we'll hear more about all the CW stuff at, at this Comic Con weekend. I know. I know we're going to hear about New Mutants.
1: <laughs> Gosh. Oh wow! I, for, I, I forgot. <laughs> that, I forgot that New Mutants even existed as a as yeah. a as a movie.
2: They're they're having a panel today tonight. What? To, to, yeah, the to, to hype it up again. To be oh, like, boy. don't worry, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> please see this movie that's been struggling to come out for like two years.
1: <laughs> I would say it's, it's a movie 10 years in the making.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of curious going back to the CW one. I know sure. they, were, they were talking about like doing swap thing. Like, oh yeah. well they were going to air
2: the, the, the stuff that was, that already came out in the DC universe app. So that, I don't know if that aired yet or if it was going to air, but it was like a ten ten 10 episode series mini series that was canceled oh and that's kind of it
1: yeah i still haven't watched that i i I really well i'm 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 behind on everything in the on the dc universe applog sure yeah i i was still trying to finish um season one of doom patrol um i want to watch season two of titans yeah and then what season two of doom patrol was out right
2: Yes. Yeah. That's airing right now.
1: And, um, I keep hearing great things about the, the Harley Quinn animated. Yes. That's show.
2: That's also really fun. And,
1: and, uh, and I heard again, nothing but great things about swamp thing. And then unfortunately swamp thing was canceled because of budgetary <laughs> reasons,
2: because of l- legal loophole tax. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> literally
1: somebody forgot a word in a contract and it, it was going to cost them like ten times as much to produce the show yeah. in 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 uh, North Carolina than it was supposed to.
0: Yep. Wow.
1: Yeah. Just because someone screwed up the paperwork. That, that, that's really all it was, Sean. Someone screwed up the paperwork, and, uh, and and they had to. They're like, okay, we're one season, we're one and done.
2: Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Very unfortunate because one one because it's on the CW, so I feel as if it. I mean, maybe it'll be easier to stream elsewhere, like Netflix or something. But I, I almost feel as if it's just gonna like fall into the void and only be available to stream from like the CW Seed app or something,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. nobody's gonna ever get to see it. I only had Constantine up on a CW Seed. Yeah, I don't know if it's point. Still there, I I That's tried another- to watch it. I'd like to try to finish that, that, uh, series. Cause it, it started out really good. Yeah.
2: It, it was fun. And then, yeah. And then they didn't make more, which I, 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 it was probably cause they put it on NBC instead of. Yeah. CW. I,
1: I always forget that that started out on NBC and that was another one that I, I think I watched the first episode of and I thought, Oh, this is just okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't anything special. And then I, I never finished it.
0: Yeah. I, I was interested enough, but then I don't know, life got in the way or, you know, you sure. get caught up in things and you're like, uh, I'll just catch up later.
2: Watching superhero TV is like a full-time job to um, be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah. These days it really is because it's just everywhere. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just on one channel or two channels or apps or whatever. It's like on four different, you know, or five. Yeah. It's like so many streaming Services have so many comic related TV shows and movies. I mean, like, even the stuff on Netflix that's not, you know, um, Marvel related because they stopped producing Marvel shows, but there's like the Umbrella Academy, sh- uh, you know, Seasons yeah. 1 and 2, um, all the movies that are based on comics like the old yep. guard
2: yeah i haven't even watched the old guard yeah yet, but last yeah. days <laughs> of
1: american crime is is based yep. on a rick remender comic um and that that chris hemsworth movie uh, extraction is based on is a that comic. really
2: yeah really yep okay huh. and then then you got freaking um valiant coming out with freaking movies like like bloodshot
0: or whatever yeah actually it <laughs> and warrior nun oh yeah warrior nun yeah like i was kind of amazed that came out i was like really man i remember the name in the 90s and i thought it was like the most absurd thing and i'm like here it is 30 20 years later
2: no like any anytime i fire up anything i'm like oh based on a graphic novel like good i it just it's just literally everything that comes out now
1: oh well, i just read today that um Robert Kirkman's Invincible is going to be an animated series on Amazon Prime.
2: Oh, I did hear something about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and it's going to be Glenn from The Walking Dead. Good. Is, is uh, voicing uh, Invincible. Mark That's Gra- awesome. Mark Grayson. Oh, I saw the cast. I, I, I got to look it up because the... Uh,
2: yeah, I remember there were some good names in there.
1: J.K. Simmons is playing his dad uh, Omni man, uh, Sandra O oh is playing his mom. Uh, Mark Hamill is in it. Seth Rogan, Jillian Jacobs, Walton Goggins, Jason Manzukas, Zachary Quinto, Carrie, Carrie Payton, who I think is, uh, who plays, what's his name on walking dead? Um, the king, uh, who's the king, the guy with the tiger.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that's him. Yep. That's him. Yeah, it's just uh, this all-star cast, and uh, I'm, you know, not that into animated shows, but I'm like, I will watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just says it's supposed to come on in 2020, but that's very vague.
2: Yeah, well.
1: But again, we, we may find out more this weekend. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we're yeah. Everything we we we, we keep so we keep. Everything going we're back talking to... about, we'll we'll have new information for you to, tomorrow. Yeah,
1: <laughs> literally everything we're talking about is invalid.
0: Well, I mean, technically, with animated shows, it'll be ten times easier to get them out than the well, live action.
2: actually, yeah. There's gonna there's That's certainly true. like a, an uptick in the demand for animated shows right now with all these restrictions. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure we're gonna see a lot come out over the next year or two. Oh
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I can't wait. I forget. There was like another show I was hearing that was based on a comic that was coming out that was going to be animated. Oh, Ujimbo. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, you saw yeah. Ujimbo? Yeah. Wow. That's coming on Netflix. Yep. That's awesome. I don't know when, but it's coming out. <laughs> so that's going to be pretty cool. I wonder if they're going to stick with uh, his style of drawing or they're going to try to do like their own thing. I'm kind of like the latter. Cause I wouldn't mind seeing that type of style. Like I'm not a huge Ujembo fan, like mm-hmm. not because it's awful to me or anything. It's just, it, it was one of those books. Like, again, comics is just like this big old playground and you hear things and mm-hmm. it's like, you're know, like, Oh yeah, I'll get to that. Like I have a book downstairs I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a pretty interesting style. It'd be kind of interesting to see, like, animated, because he has, like, all those really nice line work. And with animation, what it is now, like, mostly either computer or, well, mostly computer, I should say, you know, you can mimic that hand-drawn style and keep all that little line shade that he does. Yeah. But then I kind of feel like it needs to have, like, really, I don't know, kind of like uh The only name that comes to mind, and it's going to sound silly, it's, but I guess his nickname goes by Cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) He did the, the character design for Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Like that guy. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't mind seeing that comic adapted with that style. That would be pretty fun and fast-paced.
2: That for some it was, talking about art styles reminded me of the when they kept the art style for for um Sabrina in the intro when they used uh, that was oh, Robert oh, Hack, yeah right? yeah that yeah. was Robert Hacks art yeah so I was just thinking about that and that that also reminded me about Sabrina actually just was canceled so I'm very distraught yeah
1: that's kind of a, that's a bummer because I I. I th- if um, I don't know if this was true or not, but it sounds like they were going to work on a Sabrina Riverdale crossover.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think they were going to try to do something with that. Um, to a lesser extent, uh, Katie Keen got canceled. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they didn't. That well, it only had one season, but they didn't renew it, um, which was unfortunate because uh, for for a show that like that's not in my Typical wheelhouse of shows. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, so it kind of feels like the Riverdale experiment is coming to a close soon. Oh, wow. Oh, really? That's my gut feeling. Um, they're kind of wrapping it up to uh, the college years that, with this next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of feel as if like that, that's kind of all you get, right? Like it's <laughs> it's like Glee when they like. Oh yeah, they all went up to all college, and it's like, yeah, it's all disparate, and and then they still try to have like a high school story too, and I'm like, you you can't do everything,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. At some point, you just gotta like once everyone scatters, it's like you either gotta follow them or you gotta bring in like a whole new cast, and then focus on them.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I kind of feel to that where Riverdale was gonna go, um. So I'm I'm guessing they've got one more season in them.
1: Well, I can't wait because uh, I'm actually I'm saying that kind of facetiously because <laughs> there Riverdale is so is such a batshit crazy show. I I feel like what else can you do to these characters or or with them or I mean like you've done so much yeah. crazy shit with characters that are supposed to be in high school, <laughs> but like. They're running their own businesses. They're having fight clubs. They have bars. <laughs> they're having hey, sex clubs. I mean, it's
0: hey just man, like- that's the CW. Yeah. Like Smallville is the same way. Like they're all in high school. Yeah. There's like drag races. I think there was fight clubs, like superhero fight clubs. And, mm-hmm. uh, Oh man, I can't remember. There was like another thing with Clark. I think it, like there's some sorority vampire club that he got caught up and I'm
1: like what the hell well I would I would give I would I would give them a little I would give Smallville a little bit more latitude because it was supposed to be like more based on a you know like the, the 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 conceit was it wasn't just Clark that crashed into this town it was like all these meteorite fragments yeah that gave people powers or Caused all kinds of crazy shit to happen. Um, Riverdale is just insane <laughs>
2: from the get go, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and 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 to say that the first season is the most reasonable, rational season is really saying something, yeah, because what they've done since then is just beyond it's just nutso. I'm I, I'm weirdly. Like it's it's for me it's like it, it's a car wreck. Like I don't wanna look, but I kinda have to.
2: Yeah, no, I mean they That's how I feel about Riverdale. They they do it well enough where you're just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have a whole subplot about the mystery behind, you know, Jughead's grandfather's creating the Hardy Boys. <laughs> and that's just like the the normal story yeah. of that season and the rest is like you know, bat shit. Uh, serial killers making snuff films out of murdering people with like yeah. the classic archie style masks on and i'm like what
1: or, <laughs> or, or you know
2: archie's going to be this
1: armed vigilante wearing a-
2: oh yeah <laughs> he's oh got, yeah he, he's got to he run the youth center and be a vigilante protecting it from gangs or or my my my, my favorite was when they they
1: they had that really that kind of distorted version of Dungeons and Dragons. It was called like oh yep ghouls and goblins or something and yeah and then it turned out to be some the the game was a recruiting tactic by a from a cult yes or something
2: yep <laughs> it's like it it really
1: it like it, <laughs> it, it, it gives you a headache <laughs> to try and these moms
2: like deep wow. cover and the cult like yeah working for the FBI and the FBI agent <laughs> <laughs> happens to be Betty's brother that she's never met <laughs> like
1: yeah it's it's like uh i i i i, I can't even i'm just i'm, I'm it's losing like a, words it's a
2: soap opera crank 211 it's
1: it yeah. really it's it, it's it's a soap opera on crack wow it's like or it it, 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 it like riverdale makes telenovelas look re- like rational yes. yeah and reasonable absolutely
0: yeah, I guess I need to check out more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's. Uh, I checked out the first episode. And I was like, all right, this is obviously not my. This is not my demographic, so I'm just gonna roll out. But apparently, I need to see this car wreck.
2: Yeah, wreck. I mean that's kind of how it is. It's just like what you really how, did. Far, how far off the source material can we go while still utilizing it? it? It's it's very much in that same Gotham vibe where it's but like you know like I said like crank 211. Where you can tell watching it, they're like, oh, they have an appreciation for you know the Archie source material. They're going to use it the completely wrong way. Well, you know, in, at least like the first
1: season, it felt a little. It felt focused because it was it was like it was a murder mystery kind of. It was like yeah. who who killed? Was it Jason Blossom? Yeah, yep. So that was interesting. But then also in the first episode, oh. Archie is sleeping with one of his teachers. So let's talk about statutory rape. Like, let's yeah. like what? <laughs> yeah,
0: I saw that episode. The, the first episode made, I guess she, or, uh, I guess Arch had a thing with, uh, what's Mrs. her name? Mrs.
1: Grundy. Yeah. M- yeah, Miss Grundy. Yeah. Who and I'm like, what? if, if, <laughs> if you look at Miss Grundy in the comics, it's, a, yeah, it's like, whoa, because she's like she basically looks like aunt may from the yeah. spider-man comics um but no in in riverdale everyone is young hot and attractive even the teachers
0: yep damn
1: yeah see see what you're missing
0: i yeah, apparently a lot <laughs> i mean i remember seeing like commercials for like episodes when i was watching flash and i'm and, and i just scratched my head and i'm like what the fuck is up with the show? But I just never, I don't know. Like, I just like, you know what? No, I'm just, yeah. I it Sabrina, but
1: I knew they were going to like, obviously like, yeah, like you said, like I, I would see commercials and I'm like in the trailer, I'm like, okay, so they're going to make it, they're going to, they're going to update it. They're going to make it, make it a little edgy. I get it, but there's edgy. And then there's (laughs) like, okay, we're going to lock the writers in the room for a weekend and give them a bunch of Coke and let's see what they come up with
2: which which makes me sad that there wouldn't be a sabrina riverdale crossover because like just rip that band-aid off be like yeah there's supernatural shit in riverdale like just do it because yeah. they always kind of p- played around with it but they're like oh no it's just you know an elaborate hoax but like oh and wasn't, no
1: do it wasn't there a part of this of a season where they they sort they had of... to go
2: to they had to go to greendale
1: well no, uh, well that but I was going to th- say that they they did like a thinly veiled afterlife with Archie. Wasn't there like a zombie um like episode or like they like or like oh it was like their 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 version of drugs like their drugs were called Pop Rocks and wasn't there like a tainted batch of Pop Rocks that were like turning people into
2: Maybe. You know what, I think this sounds right. It was, like, was, was it Pop Rocks or was it Jingle Jangle? Oh, j- that's right. <laughs> Jingle Jangle. Yeah,
1: because they, they don't come out and say uh, cocaine or meth, weed. It's like... No, it, it's, 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 it's like these pixie-sick tubes. Yeah, it's like these <laughs> these fictional drugs that have the worst names ever. Like, yo, man, I, I need to score some Jingle Jangle. Like, that sounds like fiddle-faddle.
2: I know. Like, I guess it's from like an old Archie, like, vinyl... Like, from the Archies, it was one of their songs. It's called Jingle Jangle. So oh, it's, like, this weaving the source ah. material into this, like, absurd thing. But, yeah, I think, you know, I think you're right. There was something like that, that that was, like, making them, not zombies, but go, like, aggro.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody was, like, real crazy.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, even when they visited Greendale, like, before Sabrina came out, um, the, uh, Jughead had to make, like, a drug delivery to the neighboring thing. And and there's, it was all spooky and they had weird noises. And there was some creepy dude on the road who like told them a weird ghost story about like, you know, the weird town of Greendale. So like, they were like hinting at it. And then Sabrina came out and then they kind of, I thought that the Dungeons and Dragons shit was going to get supernatural. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. It was normal, but it was interesting because in the latest season of Sabrina, They they visited Riverdale. They had to go to Riverdale to get like some ancient artifact from like um, the Blossom like um, estate. So they like went to the Blossoms area and like dug up something and brought it back. And like um, I guess one of the Blossoms ancestors was into the occult and was like this weird maple syrup monster. (laughs) And I was like, yes, do this in Riverdale, please. (laughs) <laughs> don't just keep this for sabrina yeah. like i i want to know all about like the blossoms weird occult history <laughs>
1: yeah see and, and you know what i i really like everything that happened in sabrina was crazy but but again you knew going in that this show was going to be about the supernatural so yeah it, it's like you knew going in like okay you're gonna have to sp- suspend, uh, suspend disbelief because it's a show about witches and warlocks and people with powers and Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and everything just like everything in the show on that show. Like, I, I love the way that show was made because everything felt, every episode felt like it was fall. Yeah. No matter yeah. what time of year, like everything, it was like, everyone was wearing sweaters and, you know, jackets and there were leaves and like, I, I think, I don't think the sun ever shown and in <laughs> yes. the Sabrina. So yeah, I, I, that, that, that show had a really interesting aesthetic. I really enjoyed it. So I'm kind of sad to see it go.
2: Yeah. And, uh,
1: yeah. and um, yeah. And, and even more so the fact that like there could have been this crossover.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I I did you watch the first part of the second season or I guess part three or I don't know how Netflix splits it all up now. Um,
1: we watched, I th- I'm trying to think. I don't know if actually, I don't know if we w- finished the second season. I think we, maybe we did. And then we saw the, was there was a Christmas
2: special, right? Yes. Yeah. We saw that. But not the most recent stuff. Okay. No. Okay. Cause it, they do something with it too, where, where it was also hinting kind of like with afterlife with Archie. Um, they were getting some HP Lovecraft up in there with like, the, the deep ones and like hmm. Cthulhu and stuff. And I was like, Oh shit. And then I guess we're not going to get that.
1: Oh,
2: right. Like just, just when you think Cthulhu is going to be in the Riverdale universe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cthulhu would have made everything make sense.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, we,
1: i tell you what, we're, we're running a little long. Let's, Maybe let's do some quick comic talk. Maybe let's maybe each do like one book.
0: Sure. Okay.
1: Um, if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So I read Snake Eyes Dead Game Number One from IDW, and this was uh, it's a highly anticipated book because uh, Rob Liefeld wrote and uh, he did the art and story. This was, uh, I, I this was an interesting book. I I have to say, um, so I I think I've come full circle as far as uh, Rob Liefeld goes. Like when I was a kid and he was like on X Force, and like he was just starting out. Like I loved his stuff, or, or I think when I, I first discovered him, he was on he he was just he was doing the Hawk and Dove miniseries for DC. He wasn't even on, he wasn't even working for Marvel yet, but I saw his, the cover to Hawk and Dove number one. And it just kind of was like nothing I'd ever seen up to that point. So, you know, through the eighties and into the nineties, I kind of followed him and, um, you know, and then he, you know, but he's, he, he's life out. I mean, he's the, 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 the shine starts to come off eventually and, and and you, and you see him for what he is and, you know, then I was kind of a Liefeld basher for a long time. And then I've kind of come back around into liking him again. Not necessarily for his art, a little bit for the art because of the nostalgia um, and what it – what his art represents as far as a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've I've, I've listened to him on a couple of – well, I, I listened to his um, interview on – Cartoonist kayfabe with uh, Ed Piskor and Jim Rugg, which got me to listen to his to Rob's new to his own podcast called rob <laughs> and uh, and he's got he he's got this deep, unapologetic, and enthusiastic love for comics, for comics, for pop culture, for toys, for movies, television. I mean, just. Anything like that that you can consume, it's like he's he's loves to talk about it and
2: yeah, he always seemed like a big kid.
1: Yeah, and you know, and, and he's he's a few years older than me. He's like in his early fifties, but you know, I, I I listen to his shows and I, I really connect with what he's talking about, and it's really interesting to me. So I, I I've kind of like I said, I I've, I think I've just come full circle. And I'm 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 at a good place with Rob Liefeld, <laughs> you know. And then he's been he's been promoting this new Snake Eyes book, Snake Eyes Dead Game, and it's from IDW, which we get we're you know fortunate enough that you know uh uh we get preview copies from IDW. They're mm-hmm. an awesome company. Uh, thank you very much to IDW. So I got to read the first issue of Snake Eyes Dead Game. Uh, I will say. That this uh, preview copy, it's uh, 77 pages long. Holy crap. The first 42 pages are covers.
2: Holy crap. What?
1: There were... Well, well, I, I would say... I Actually... No, I'm sorry. I take that back. I think there were 36 covers. 36 variant covers for this first issue. I think it... On my... Tablet it says 42, but that's only because I think some of the covers were wraparound, so they would technically sh- show up on the I got you. on yeah. the e-reader as two pages. But let's just say there were over 30. I think there were 36. That's the number that sticks in my head. Let's just say over 30 variant covers. Um, some of them were variants. Some of them were retailer incentives
2: to celebrate the 90s. Like <laughs> wow. Like that's yeah. a lot of covers.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's for sure. But even after all the covers, this book is still like clocks in it, like 33 pages, 34 pages, oh, something that's like cool. that. Cool. It's very much a Rob Liefeld comic. It's, um, <laughs> I'm not going to bash it and I can't be mad at it because I I know what it is going in. It's, you knew what you bought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, He's not doing anything different. He's not reinventing the wheel, but I will say this. This is (laughs) weirdly some of the best Liefeld art I've seen in a long time. I know what his art is. You know, I, I I get it. It's, it's not anatomically anatomically correct. And nine, nine times out of 10, his character, his figures are wonky and they don't hold a gun. Right. and, Everyone's got clenched jaws and, you know, but that's okay. Um And, and every, pretty much every page and, or every other page is like, he's just doing pinup pages mm-hmm. and then putting, putting it together to make, you know, make a sequential story. Um, the story of which is not even, it's not even worth going into because it's again, it's, it's, it's really,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, he, it's really, Rob wanted to it's draw it's a, a cool ninja guy.
1: Yeah. He wanted to draw <laughs> snake eyes and it's, it's not the worst snake eyes I've ever seen. I have to say that, but I think your mileage will vary with this book. It's fun for me to, to read because for a lot of reasons for nostalgia, not just Rob and his art, but GI Joe in general, I'm a I'm a big Joe fan from from way back. I will say though, let me just do a little a little uh aside here. Um on Comixology, they have this uh like Comixology Unlimited, where yeah. you can you can borrow books, like single issue. There's a there's a certain there's a section of comics that you can just borrow for free. Um trade paperbacks, big collections, single issues, things like that. I've been the past week or so I've been rereading the GI Joe classics, like going back to like the actual Marvel comics GI Joe number one, when like, like Herb Trimpy was like working on it and stuff like that. You tend to forget what a a huge cast of characters they have to work with in GI Joe. And I feel like these days it's like GI Joe consists of, Snake Eyes, Scarlet, Roadblock, and Duke, and maybe, yeah. and maybe sometimes like Beachhead and Shipwreck, because these are like visually the coolest looking characters, and like Flint, you know, like so you'll get like maybe a, a a handful, maybe like a dozen core Joes, and they just say f all to the rest of them, but there's like so many great characters in GI Joe inevitably what every Joe book boils down to is like, Oh, what's snake Eyes up to (laughs) like snake eyes is essentially the Wolverine of G.I. Joe.
2: Yeah. I I always got that vibe. Even when I was a kid and I knew nothing about G.I. Joe, I knew he was the cool ninja toy that everybody wanted.
1: Right. And, 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 and I get it. And he is, and he's, he is, he's the Boba Fett. He's cool. And he's all in black and he doesn't speak. He's the, he's the strong, silent guy. He's a ninja. He's, Whatever, he's all these things, but it's like, at what point do you just get tired of just doing snake eyes stories? Mm-hmm. So, but I think this was, you know, this is Rob wanting to do his snake eyes story. You know, I can't blame him if, if, you know, if, if I had the talent and if like some comic, co- if, you know, IDW said to me, hey, do you want to do a snake eyes story? Hell yeah, I could think of it. <laughs> I could think of a snake eyes story to do. I'm sure I've got one in me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to keep reading this because because I'm just going to, because it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be stupid and it's going to be fun. And, and it's, it's like, you know, it's like watching a fast and furious movie.
2: I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's, or watching Riverdale.
1: Yeah. Like. It, you just, you, you, you leave your mind at the door. You just, you just enjoy it, you know, for the, for the time that you're reading it and you move on. But again, like I said, everyone's, everyone's, uh, mileage may vary there are some people like i mean to say he's polarizing is an understatement rob Liefeld, like people either worship at the altar of rob or they're the opposite and they're like uh all they do is say like oh you can't draw feet all he does is draw pouches blah 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 yeah it's the same people bitching about the same things
2: yeah there's only so many times
1: you can do a pouch joke yeah exactly or or a feet joke or whatever it's like and I tell you what, he draws feet in this one. I can't. I I'm. I i do not know to tell you. He's got. <laughs> he learned. He, he figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is. I I think this is kind of like a, a a really, um, subtle fu to the haters.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. That's all he had. He had like thirty, like thirty pages of just feet.
1: Yeah. No. Sir. He's but actually like,
0: check me out. I can totally do this, <laughs> man.
1: But you know, I mean, you know, his his thing is he would always draw his characters, um strategically standing behind a boulder or like there'd be like smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that he actually draws characters like in standing positions or, and you can see their feet. So I don't know what to tell you guys, all you haters out there, you better
0: (laughs) suck it. haters. that's right. (laughs) Suck it. haters. I I will have to admit (laughs) I am one of those haters, but I think the one thing I do like about Rob Liefeld is, he brings like the yeah, like this infectious energy. Like you just gotta like hear what he's saying and he just seems like very oh. fun to talk to yeah. and wants to like do whatever. He's like, you know what? This comic needs more this. Like he's he just doesn't care. And that's that's kinda cool. Like I can as uh someone that doesn't really appreciate his artwork, I can appreciate a lot of his energy. It seems like he just has an abundance of it. Well, well, you know,
1: it's funny that you mentioned that because let me let me just tell you this about his his podcast, his Rob Servations podcast. Um I am not exaggerating when I say when he starts the show, I mean, unless there's some creative editing, but I don't think so. Um, I feel like Rob's a pretty with a guy, but I feel like he's not sitting there for hours editing a podcast. Um <laughs> I, I think he hits record and he does not stop talking. Until he hits stop and his shows are an hour plus and he just, he's like this stream of consciousness and he does, and he's by himself. He, there, there's no one that he, there's no sounding board. There's no one that he bounces off of. It's just him talking to, into a microphone. And the, the first episode I listened to, I wasn't prepared for it. And I, and I thought I came away from it thinking, uh, he needs someone to talk to. This is a little too much information coming at me, but the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, no, this is right. This is him, just literally talking into a microphone out into the internet. And this is there. There have been I think like two episodes where he's actually had someone on. Every other episode is him, just he he hits start and he does not stop until he hits, you know, until he stops recording. I think. And it's like, to me, it's fascinating as a as a podcaster because it's like an endurance test.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The fact that he can talk and talk and talk without someone else to talk to to take the the burden off is uh, you know. It's tough. I, any any time that I've done a a show by myself because I've had to, I've hated it. You know, it's I, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to do like a solo podcast. What?
2: When I first like was like oh podcaster need I tried doing one um I could maybe go ten to fifteen minutes before I was like all right well I'm th- that's all I got like I'd have show notes and then talk yeah. a little bit but it it's
1: weird it is yeah it's weird right it, it's weird to, yeah. to talk out loud to basically to yourself or to some imaginary audience
0: I think yeah. the only thing I figured out how to make it longer was if I was drawing. And talking as I was drawing, so you're
1: sure so yeah. you're kind of keeping your mind off of it
0: a little bit. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Like I've done that. Uh, I used to have this show called Jello Shots, which I was. Oh yeah, oh, yep. Oh, you say, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that was a bit tough at first. And um, I decided to do it again for the seven by seven guys as like bonus material. Um. It was interesting for the first two, but the second, I actually have four made, but the, the last two are just me and my daughter. So
1: <laughs>
0: I think I might actually just keep going with that because I kind of liked Because the first two were just so like heavy thoughts. And then like the third one, like, hey, guess what? We're recording on location. We're in West <laughs> Virginia. And, you know, my kid in the morning wanted to talk about these cars these plastic cars that they had at this place that we were renting and you know that's what we did and then uh I hate to admit it, I did kind of do like a Jay Leno thing with her because it was kind of funny for her it, it's always kind of funny uh by Jay Leno I mean like he always poked fun of like young people and that's always turned oh that, off. yeah yeah and I'm like ah, screw you man you're just picking the dumbest people in the batch
2: mm-hmm <laughs>
0: But um, Amelia sometimes makes us feel, like, extra old. Like, just as a kid, she's just – not because she's growing up and you're like, oh, my gosh, she was so little and we're older now. No, it's like, so, you guys just had black and white TVs back in the day, right, Dad? I'm like, no. (laughs) No, not – we had color. They were shaped like squares. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the big difference. We're like – yeah, that stuff was like 75 years ago. I'm like, no, it was just 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I did that a couple times up there and, and she, yeah, she's having fun with it. So I have to record some more.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, so if, if you get a chance, yeah, I would say, actually, if you are a hater, you should check this book out because I think it might change your mind a little bit, just a little bit. Um, if you're a fan, you'll probably love this book a lot, and if you're somewhere in the middle, you'll probably enjoy it the way I did. So, so Snake Eyes, Dead Game, number one. I can't believe I'm giving it a recommendation, but check it out. Oh, and 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 check out check out Rob'servations. Just just listen to an episode if if uh, if you have the time. Like I said, they're about they're about an hour give or take. But uh, he's uh, he's got a lot to say, so it's it's uh, it's I think it's worth it. So uh, who wants to who wants to go next?
2: I was gonna I was gonna let Sean tap in if he wants to.
0: Sure. Um, since that was such a, a high fun thing, I'm not gonna do the the heavy book I was talking about <laughs> at the, end of the show. <laughs> but I was. I was on vacation uh, just a couple days ago in Maryland and I always like to bring a comic with me to read. This I've got was Sandman Mystery Theater by Matt Wagner, Stephen T. Siegel, and Guy Davis. and The trade is called The Scorpion. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those that don't know Sandman Mystery Theater, it is not the Neil Neil Gaiman Sandman This is totally, utterly different. This is like pulp action comic book. Is this the gas mask guy? Yeah, this is the gas mask guy.
1: Yeah, uh, Wesley Dodds. Uh Uh-huh. He had the the gas gun.
0: And I had to admit, like, I really am enjoying this so far. I didn't realize I wasn't as far as I thought I was. Uh, I'm only still in, like, act two, but I'm at the end of act two. Uh, So basically the plot is, like, you know. There's this mystery, this murder mystery coming happening in, uh, I think it's like New York. I want to say.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's New York in the the, the 1930s. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's post World War One, I, I think.
0: Yeah, it's like pre World War Two. I think someone had said 1938. So yeah, in cause, the book.
1: Because I I think I I feel like Wesley was actually in the war in world war one, but they don't really go into it that much.
0: But in this one they have, let's see, like there's been killings of like these rich elite type of things. So yeah, I guess this is kind of topical for now, but <laughs> hmm. I didn't pick it because of that. <laughs> uh, and it's like a mysterious thing. Like this guy goes around and he has like a whip, or like a bull whip and he kills these people. And, um, the Sandman is on, on the mystery of it. So, and I have to say like, everything's been really good so far. Um, I've always been a a fan of Guy Davis. I haven't had a chance to read all his stuff, but the stuff I have read, um, like, I think it was like the marquee and, um, some BPRD stuff I really enjoyed. And this is his earlier work was just as good. So it's. I will definitely recommend this like always. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, outside of like, just the artwork's great. You can't go wrong with Guy Davis.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I can. And I will, uh, I will second Sean's recommendation. Um, I read this back in issues when it was first coming out and it was, uh, it was, yeah, it's, it, it it's just an excellent book.
0: Um, I do have a quick, quick one. I'll make it super quick because it's only a sketchbook, but I never buy sketchbooks. But in this particular case, I did. Um, It's a sketchbook by Chris Sanders, who is like he's like an ex-Disney artist.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: He did Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I think he directed How to Train Your Dragon. And there's probably something in there, too. Oh, meet the Crudes. Oh, so um, I've been following his work for years, and uh, during the pandemic, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm going to buy one of his sketchbooks." And it was actually really awesome. Like, there's really nice uh, sketches in there of like uh, cartoon animals and mermaids and um, all sorts of fun stuff. He even has like a pullout, like a like one of those old not pullout posters but you know it's like a I don't know what they call it like a trifold oh, oh wow. yeah yep so uh, you can get his sketchbook it's like sketchbook number eight so and that's like his newest one mm-hmm so yeah
1: cool Ooh. nice
2: okay uh, so I guess I'm up um so i think i talked about the first one of these um when they came out was it part of dc's black label thing um it's harley quinn and the birds of prey by uh jimmy Palmiotti and amanda connor um i want i'm gonna double check this i'm pretty sure actually i don't think i need to double check this uh amanda connor does the artwork on it but I don't think she colors it. I think they have somebody else do the coloring for her that I'm blanking on right now. Um, but either way, um, we've talked about it before on the show. Uh, it's a continuation of, uh, the new 52 Harley Quinn book that they did, um, back in the day. Uh, well, I guess not that far back in the day, but like, you know, six or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It 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 it's it very much feels like uh just kind of a love letter to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- there's a lot of like little in jokey stuff like you get with a lot of their their books. Um, it kind of feels like it, it it taps into the movie ever so vaguely by just having the same kind of characters involved in the storyline, but but that's kind of where it uh, begins and ends. And, and the premise is very much that uh, Harley has finally come back to Gotham after her uh, you know uh, trip or not even trip but her her when she moved to Coney Island for that period of time and it's the kind of the story of her coming back and the craziness that occurs during that and it's got some appearances by like the Joker and, and a lot of the other um Usual Gotham characters, but it it also had um, a a fun guest appearance by uh, Tara, the one that that like lived underground in the oh yeah yeah so like they're they're kind of like original character version of Terra that they made mm-hmm. um so that was really cool um and and the premise was basically Harley. Harley's back in Gotham and she's going to rip off the Joker and uh, uses Terra to to get into an underground vault that the Joker has full of all the different Gotham rogues' uh, secret stashes and whatnot that they had the Joker hold on to because, you know, why not, whatever. Um, So she robs them and then she's going to redistribute the wealth to the various people of Gotham as well as um, her Coney Island pals who... I guess need the money because uh, some people that she got a loan from uh, are the knee kneecap breaking types. Mm-hmm. So she has to pay them back as well. Um, it, it's a fun book. Uh, I, I will always have the same issues I always have when it comes to the, uh, when, when Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor are a little bit um, off, off the leash. And uh, there's a lot of toilet humor in it. Uh, which is always sort of, it's fine in good measure, but some, they always, there's a line and they always cross it. And I'm like, what I didn't, I didn't need a full page discussion about what Harley's poop smells like, oh, but geez. thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and that's just, I mean, that's just the minor gripe. The artwork's of course, beautiful. Cause it's Amanda Connor doing it oh. all. Um, and and it's just a fun book. It, 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 it it's a lot of fun. And even if you fell off the uh their new fifty two book like I did, it was easy enough to pick up and get what was going on. Um, but I also feel as if it would work very well. It's like an end cap to that series, since I think it kind of also did kind of abruptly end. Um, but yeah, it, it was it's it's fun. Uh, there was a little, one little tidbit that I thought that was clever, and it, it's kind of this um. A tribute to – or no, not a tribute, a testament to Jimmy Palmiotti, like his attention to detail on things because uh, he had Cassandra Kane stop by Batgirl's house and to write Batgirl out of the story to be like, oh, well, this is why Cassandra Kane's in a bat costume for this, this book, not just because I wanted to put her in a bat costume – um, he was like, "Oh yeah, Batgirl um, happened to break her leg um, in a bicycling accident, t- swerving out of the way to not hit a squirrel." Like very like comic booky, like Silver Age feeling, but it was also just like, "Yes, this is why Batgirl isn't Batgirl, and you get Cassandra Cain Batgirl instead." Mm. So it, I, I appreciate things like that because he puts thought into stuff that doesn't necessarily need it, but it's it's nice that he'll close any potential loopholes or plot holes when necessary um so that was nice but yeah overall i definitely recommend uh this book if you have any interest even in just um, amanda connor's artwork because it's it's that nice magazine sized black label book oh okay oh yeah and i'm sure it'll have a nice collected edition as well Mm -hmm. i think i think a lot of like when Batman damned and that stuff came out, it was also kind of that that oversized coffee table book format. So I'm sure they'll do the same for this as well. I think this is only three issues, so it 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 it'll be wrapping up soon, I guess. I'm sure it was going to wrap up sooner before uh, all the delays. So we'll see.
1: Okay. Yeah, and and yeah, you can never get enough, uh, a mannequin artwork. Yeah,
2: exactly. Agreed.
1: Yeah. We, that's, she's a, she's a talent that is sorely, sorely missed. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I don't know if she's just existing on, you know, the occasional job and then like commissions or, or what the
2: yeah, I mean, she, she does, does a lot of cover work. Uh, she's almost always doing covers or variant covers. But beyond that, yeah, I I don't know. There's a lot of co-writing. I, I think she definitely fell into liking the writing side of things, probably because it's takes less time than than doing her art. But mm-hmm. still, yeah, her her art is sorely missed.
1: Um, uh, anybody got anything else?
2: I, I think that's, that's all I got.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, we're we're closing in on an hour and a half, so we should probably start wrapping it up. So um, this has been uh, episode 359 of the Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan, and with me tonight we have Sean.
0: Hello, or good, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Sean doesn't know whether he's coming or going. Sorry, I'm tired. No, it's okay. <laughs> Good night, everyone.
1: <laughs> Sean's off to make breakfast. <laughs> and we got Link. See you everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.